Today we are talking about running for fat loss. It's a hot topic, a lot of people love to do it. But the big mistake that people make is that they don't train to maintain muscle mass at the same time, which is why people bounce back to where they were or even worse than when they started their fat loss journey. What's up everybody? I'm here with Rad Bormeister. We got Phil White on the stream again and Richie behind the camera. I am Yanni Bormeister. Together we unite and become Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. If you want to know how we turn driven people nice. into athletes. Like Power Rangers. <laughs> you, you can download our blueprints okay. from the website or in the description of these replays. Big shout out to everyone listening on the podcast. Big shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. But most importantly, welcome to everyone watching the live stream on the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. If you haven't joined yet, get yourself over there. Good morning, Lee Clements. All right. Good morning, Lee. Um, and if the question of the day, if anybody wants to see us unite and our powers become one, <laughs> let us know. And we'll... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Real, real question of the day is, have you ever done a weight loss program? It doesn't have to be specific to running, but have you ever <laughs> done a diet, a weight loss program, and found that you gained the weight back within the next three years? Very common problem. We want to know if you guys have experienced it yourselves. I'm guessing 99% of people that have tried to lose weight would be able to say yes, if they're honest. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good topic, hey? This is something that, uh, at Unity Gym, we're, we're not a fat loss gym anymore. We're a performance gym, but we used to be a fat loss gym. And we did, actually, yeah, we were. When we, when we started, we were marketing for fat loss, weren't we? Yeah, 100%. And most gyms do. Yeah, and Yanni most and I, gyms do. yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we did what most gyms do, and we looked at what the biggest part of the market was, and that's what we went for. But then we decided that we were in this for the long haul, and we wanted to do what we believed in more, which is why it's, we shifted to it's, being... It's funny to say that we're not a weight loss gym, but we pride ourselves on um, introducing calisthenics training, which is body weight training, which is absolute, it requires a very lean body composition. So one of the goals that we have with our tribe is that they have to be, become a very healthy lean body composition. They have to, we call it optimizing body composition because you have to be efficient. You have to be an efficient mover, strength mm -hmm. to body weight. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, none of the calisthenic stuff is ever going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, well, what, what, I, what I was trying to say there to pre-frame this is that even though we're not a weight loss gym, Yanni and myself and even uh, Richard, we have done many, many, many um, fat loss seminars with some of the um, authorities in the industry in Australia, people that are, that are considered world authorities on metabolic research. So um, we've, we've got a pretty good uh, understanding of, uh, of, of what you, you need to do in order to not just lose fat, but to keep it off. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And we really thought about this topic because Phil was away yesterday and we thought, what can we do that Phil would want to be here more than anything? And we decided right, running. You bastards. I was at home and I was like, I checked the stream. I'm like, what? We're talking about running? You know, this is the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> Every day feels like, can we talk about running? This <laughs> running or cycling or something. Yeah. yeah. And we had... Great, great um, uh, comments yesterday. Great banter in the comments. We had a couple of people p uh, posting about how they're cycling now. And, yeah. you know, I was just sitting here going, oh, God, Phil's going to really, really miss yeah. missing this Well, why, why don't we let Phil have a bit of airtime for a minute, Phil? You've, you, you know what the, the, the topic of the day is and the big mistake. Do you want to give us your thoughts or your, your input on, on this? Yeah, I 
really like running. Uh, my background's ultimate frisbee for 11 years, which is basically just like doing sprints back and forth on a 100 meter by 40 meter um, grass pitch. So I spent a lot of my um, time running in my life and it's been such an evolution from, I guess, how I used to train for running, which was like go out and uh, run a 5K four days a week as hard as you can and then injure yourself like a few months later and then sort of come back a few months later and then try again to then doing a sports science degree and learning all this stuff and um, strength conditioning evolved a bit more in ultimate frisbee as well so we're like oh maybe you should combine it with strength training who knew Um, (laughs) who knew and yeah it's just been such a different approach now and i've had a decent amount of time off running because i just got totally surfing and beach volleyball obsessed but it's something that i've just started picking up again now a bit more regularly um and i love it but it's one of the it's like one of those I don't know. It's it's running's like my friend that sometimes I spend time with and I absolutely love them, and sometimes I spend time with them and I absolutely hate them because you just like some days it just works and some days it, it it doesn't. And what that comes down to, I think, is when you've had a bunch of time off, if you don't treat that friend with respect, if you don't like gradually reintroduce yourself to running and you don't do it in a smart way, like if you just get really excited and you know just go for go, it. just go for it, it's going to punish you. So um, yeah, I think it's running has potential to be just like one of the best feelings in life like some of the best feelings in life i've had is just when running is working and you just yeah. feel like you're flying and you feel like yeah. you know you just kind of you go to this like different zone i don't know what it is i can't i've not experienced it in any other sport but like and i'm always kind of after that and then most of the time i don't achieve it <laughs> <laughs> well i was but, just i was and I that's s- come down to yeah not setting out like a, a i mentioned that yesterday and and you know there's a couple of reasons why we like to encourage running for, uh, which i did talk about yesterday which i know you would have loved to engage in which is yeah. the impact c- concept um a little bit of impact sort of stimulus is very important for the development of um, connective tissues bones joints ligaments tendons things like that throughout the body the other thing is that running seems to be, and I, you can't quote me on this because I, 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 it's been a long time since I've had these discussions, but I did used to hang out with someone who was a very passionate runner, and that is uh, now going by the name Dr. Tony Bataji, but it's Tony Bataji, and he is a triathlete as well. And um, uh, he, uh, I do believe we had a conversation where we looked at some research where running <laughs> seems to be the physical activity that it, it stimulates the most endorphins out of any other physical activity. There's something about it that just makes you feel good. They talk about the runner's high, you know, and, uh, and I have definitely experienced that. Uh, it just makes you feel good. I just now I sprinted about a, a kilometre and uh, a bit down the road to come to to grab a t-shirt for my fiance because she forgot it and needed to go to work, and uh, that little run down there and back at full tilt um, made me feel amazing. You know, it was only it only took ten minutes, but uh, as, mu- as much as I rag on running all the time, whenever we talk about it, I I do agree. It's um. It's, the, it's what um, people call the zone, right? When you get in the zone. And for me, my experience with running is it takes about 10 minutes. To, yep, like this is just a steady state run. It takes about 10 minutes to get into that zone. And for that 10 minutes, I'm hating life. I'm like, I can, I'm thinking about every step and I'm thinking about how much further I've got to go because we've planned a, you know, a 40 minute run or whatever and we're only five minutes into it. But uh, you get to this point for me, it's usually around that 10 minute mark where you get in that zone and all of a sudden, um, you, I stop thinking about it, and and when you come 
to awareness that you haven't been thinking about it for a while, you become quite aware that it's, you're in quite a blissful state, you know? Yep. Yeah, if I and kind of like your breath lines up with your steps and you kind of just get, yeah, you yeah. feel like you're just this like oxygen burning machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> and I mean, on a physiological level, how much of that, Phil, do you think is that, I mean, I remember um, learning this back in one of the many um, seminars that we've done over the years, but apparently when you're at rest, like like where we are right now, apparently about eight to 10% of our body's blood supply is dedicated for brain function. Uh, and then the ma- and then the majority of the rest of it is dedicated for metabolic functions in the organs. There's very little, well, you know, in the scheme of things, there's very little in our extremities. It's just enough to keep us going. But when you start working out and you get your heart rate elevates, apparently that amount of blood goes down to about 2% for brain function, which is why, um, you know, sometimes you can be in the middle of a hard workout and someone can say to you, hey man, when's your birthday? And you go, what? And they go, when's your birthday? And you, oh, uh, mm, May. <laughs> and like it takes you a couple of seconds to answer the most simple question, you know. It, dep- so it depends on the level or intensity of exercise because there's other research that shows yeah. that going for a walk stimulates blood flow to the brain. But uh, the... High intensity. Yeah. Then. So yeah, something, something right. where, you, where, you, where your body goes, okay, shit, I need to be pumping blood into the muscles and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so should we get on to the, the topic, the key discussion yeah. points for the day? So This is important. And I think there's possibly a, a, a good reason to reverse engineer the bullet points that I've given here, which is, you know, uh, I think one of the things that's super important for people, if they are going to... Uh, start a running program or any any weight loss program f- for that matter then they should get a baseline assessment done immediately at the start and it's very funny because the psychology around this you tend to not want to it's almost mm. like we the amount of people that come to unity gym and we always like to start people's journey off with a dexa scan so we know one of our goals is to maximize the muscle efficiency body weight efficiency and so we like to know what the muscle mass percentage versus the fat mass percentages and how those um, percentages are changing over time Uh, and you know uh, and that's a a baseline assessment that we do outside of our strength assessments and we use DEXA scan which is a dual energy x-ray absorptiometry Uh, that's what DEXA stands for and uh, it basically is the the easiest, most accurate way of assessing body composition without plunking yourself in water or using very, very expensive equipment that's usually reserved for universities and that we just don't have access to. And uh, the good thing about this is that it shows a 99.9% accurate measure of bone mineral density, fat mass and muscle mass. And uh, then from there, we can track those and, it, and it's better than those bioimpedance scales. Much in a, better. In a big yeah. way. So if you're using scales like... The Tanita. Yeah, yep. they, they're fine to get like... They can give you some good information if you always use the same one and you can track things over time, but it's not going to give you really a true yeah. example of what's actually going on. Yeah, yeah. We, we suggested anyone... I got my first DEXA scan at the info because yeah, I didn't know what it was. And Yanni said, oh, we're going to get our body fat percentage tested. And I said, oh, yeah, where are we doing that? And he goes, oh, we're going to go to this place in the city. I want to see what they're like. And then the data that they gave, I was yeah. looking at it going, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. And, and the, it's, you know, like 99% accurate. Yeah, yeah. and the gold standard, which... Yeah, and you kind of mentioned with the plonking yourself in water is this idea is like underwater weighing which is pretty much only used in like scientific sort of research Settings, it's like yeah. yeah it's 
insanely com- no one can like, access it unless you're an elite yeah. level athlete but it's like that you said to the plunking yourself in water so that's for those playing at home that's what the yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. literally they <laughs> measure it on water displacement yeah. so the the um i believe this is the first step for anyone who says okay i want to lose some weight because here's the thing the amount of people i know who have lost a lot of weight and then gained it all back and some because the body does not discriminate. The body will tend to, if you don't stimulate it correctly and you go into a massive calorie deficit, which is what most people do when they want to lose weight, they try to do it as quickly as humanly possible. So they go into food calorie deficit and then add onto that something like running, which is insanely good at burning calories. You know, it's one of the the best ways to burn calories. Uh, and then you go into a huge caloric deficit and the body won't discriminate. It will go, okay, I need to uh, get rid of some of the tissue that's requiring all of this energy. And it will usually get rid of, depending on genetics, genetics does play a role, but depending on genetics, usually it will get rid of fat mass and muscle mass at the same rate. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem because it's your muscle mass that helps to sort of govern your metabolism. By that I mean how much energy your body consumes throughout the day. Muscle mass is a living tissue, just like organs, and it is very, very caloric dependent. It requires energy to survive. And if you go into caloric deficit, the first thing your body wants to do is go, okay, I need to be able to sustain this caloric deficit, so I wanna get more efficient. And by efficient, it will get rid of muscle tissue yeah. very quickly. And it also looks like your body also finds fuel sources. If you take away the few, like enough sort of food as a fuel source, it'll start looking in different places. And depending on how adapted you are for certain uh, energy types, so if you're very much a carby sort of run on carbs sort of person, if all you do is run on carbs and then um, you now take away a lot of that, that food input, your body is going to look for carbs elsewhere. Um, if you're fat adapted, then you like uh, basically are better at muscle sparing and going for fat instead. But to find carbs when there are no carbs, your body does a thing called gluconeogenesis, which means gluco meaning sugar, and neogenesis basically means like making new stuff. Yeah. Um, so it what it can do is break yeah, so it can break down other structures and and tissues and and types of fuel and turn that into glucose. And so protein is um, how it does this, and and basically it can start. Um, taking like amino acid and protein from your muscles and turn it into glucose. So Which, yeah. in, in layman's terms, you're eating your own you're muscles. Literally to fuel eating yourself. your own muscles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's um, that that really surprised me when I learned um, that concept. This idea that if you you know, I mean, how ripped off just, is that? Yeah. You know, just, like just before are, we go further, because I want to really push, make a point of this. Um, something that Phil said there. Sorry to interrupt you. Something that Phil said there. Everyone really needs to understand because. What they refer to this as metabolic flexibility, whether you're well geared to metabolize fat mass as energy or well geared to metabolize glucose as energy, which is carbohydrate, sugar. Now, unfortunately, if we take a a metadata study of um, 10,000 people, probably 9,000 of those people will not be very good at metabolizing fat. It's not very common anymore because of the modern diet. We tend to have a diet more rich in carbohydrates and most of us have been raised on that. Um, Cornflakes and wheat bix and things like that. (laughs) So it's a very good thing to make yourself more metabolically flexible. And I've got friends that do this and exercise it, but they go into ketosis two or three times a week. They push the boundaries of that, which is very difficult to do. You have to be 
practicing strict keto diets and bouncing back um, back and forth between carbohydrate and fat. And so I'm going to go so far as to say that the majority of people that we're talking to or that are watching this, unless you're training specifically for metabolic flexibility, that means that you're doing days of the week where you don't consume carbohydrate or sugar at all. You're just consuming fat and protein and majority fat because protein will convert to uh, through the pathway that Phil just described. If you're eating a lot of protein, lots of meat, lots of protein shakes, it'll be converting to glycogen pretty quickly. Then you're going to be very efficient at metabolizing muscle mass when you start to run. Yeah, but just on like, I guess a slight sort of gray area between, you know, what you just talked about there with going, you either have to go extreme ketosis to teach like your body that metabolic flexibility. Like I have done keto back a few years ago and I did that very strictly for three months and lost a whole bunch of weight and felt pretty good in it, but socially and lifestyle wise, it was just kind of too much. But now Uh like with, um, like I eat, well, no, I eat anything now, basically. Um, but I <laughs> see too much diet. of it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, but with my exercise, like I'm cycling back, cycling to work every day. But I do that completely fasted. Um, and I've done like I, I generally aim for some like fasted, steady state exercise um, first thing in the morning, most most mornings. And it was really quite telling when I went uh, cycling with my mate. Um, Alex, who's like very into his powerlifting and, and he's done like, he's doing quite a bit of CrossFit. So he's like decently sort of fit, very strong. And I like, he came up to um, the Northern Beaches where I live and we went for a, a cycle together and I was like, oh, you're a strong guy, you'll be right. And like, we, we'd got about 50 Ks and like, I had not had breakfast and he'd eaten like four muesli bars and like <laughs> five pieces of fruit and was just like, what is going on here? Like how, like I, I'm, I'm getting like, like he's, he's, he's just so sugar adapted that he could not handle yeah. like even going, you know, a few Ks without it. But because I'm quite used to doing like, you know, gentle steady state um, or not so gentle, uh, but I've, I've adapted myself to that over time. Like I haven't been an extreme keto diet for a long time, but I've, train that metabolic flexibility through like a gradual exposure yep, of yep. time. So, and that's one of the reasons why I love <coughs> fasting, in, uh, uh, time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting, because that's what it does. It helps to train more metabolic flexibility. And that's one of the key benefits. It's not, I, I would never say that it's the best way to lose weight because it, it's deter- the best way to lose weight is very much subjective based on what you're going to survive on. But for me and for Rad, it works really well. And I love the fact that it makes you more metabolically flexible and helps to untether you from food. But it's something that I, th- you know, I- I'm so glad you brought up because it's a, bi- it's a big problem. It's a big problem when people try and lose weight. And if they're not really uh, aware of it, then they can be doing a bit of harm. You know, you can, you can really mess with your muscle. And the worst thing about it is, is that muscle mass is really hard to get back as opposed to fat mass. Yeah, fat is. mass will come back real quick, you yeah. know, especially if you flog yourself and, and lose it really quickly, it usually comes back quicker because it's kind of like the body's mechanism of survival to go, Jesus, you know, this is a bit like we're, we're at risk here, you know. Remember, our bodies are designed to keep us alive whether we can get food easily or not. Mm. You know, we're very, very efficient animals at maintaining um, energy and, and, and sparing energy out over time just in case we need to go a few days without food, you know. We're amazingly, mm. at, um, we're, not, we're, we're much more efficient at that than like lions, you know, who yeah. really have to eat every day, otherwise they're in serious trouble, you know. So 
The if we if we just keep make sure that we uh, get through all of this because we are coming towards the end of the show. Um, you know, to to answer the question and the topic of the day, how do you lose fat and keep it off permanently avo and avoid the dreaded rebound effect? You have to work. What you don't just focus on losing fat. You also focus on maintaining muscle or even building muscle if you can. And the way you do that is with resistance I think, training. I think you just you will only maintain it. But let me be frank. Your focus is to get muscle to build muscle to yeah. build muscle because be when you're on a um, calorie deficit, it's almost depending on your genetics it's almost impossible to gain muscle mass you can do it there have been studies that have shown you can do it but geez you got to work hard yeah and and the types of resistance training that we're talking about on this show today are not going to be sufficient yeah. <laughs> to gain muscle when you're in a big calorie deficit yeah you know and you know um, part of losing fat is being in calorie deficit. Yeah. It's about it's the the law of thermodynamics. Doesn't you can't beat it. It's 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 physics. That's one of the four laws of physics. You have to displace energy to burn fat, and so you're going to be in calorie deficit. And if you're in a big calorie deficit and you're not trying to gain muscle mass, meaning prioritizing dietary protein well, after bouts of exercise, meaning stimulating muscle tissue by with through resistance training two to three days a week then you're going to lose muscle tissue mm -hmm. at the same time. And we should talk about that calorie deficit because this is, a, this is a really big part about this. This is where a lot of people go really wrong is that they create too big a calorie deficit. And if, if you create too big a calorie deficit, it's, but it's, it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to be impossible for you to maintain muscle mass because the deficit is just too big and your body needs energy from somewhere. It's not getting it from food. So unless it's changed in the last couple of years, the the recent research that we learned from is that the sweet spot for the calorie deficit for fat loss is about 500 calories a day. It depends on how big you are or how small you are. And you want to get half of that from food and half of it from exercise, which means that if your resting metabolic rate for me um, from a DEXA scan is about 2,200 calories in a day, I would want to consume about 2,000 calories a day and burn about two to 300 calories a day in exercise. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people get it wrong. You, you hear these, I, I, I just, I go, oh my God, no, when people tell me, oh yeah, I'm eating about 1,000 calories a day. And to look at them, they're a seven, seven, 70 or 80 kilogram person. Like even if you weren't exercising, you would need to eat 1,800 or 2,000 calories just to sustain yourself. Yeah. So you're putting your body into that starvation state. The body has to get the energy from somewhere. So it starts sh getting it from the fat stores and then also from the muscle mass yeah. you know so that's and a really important thing to um, we've got to we've, we've got a very very close <clears throat> to home first-hand experience of what it's like to fad and crash diet uh, our mother God love her is an absolute fanatic around fad diets and crash diets. She's done it so many times. Where we love she, you, mum, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, mum, we love you. But <laughs> this is a, got the, as an example, you know, she'll do something <laughs> for 30 days or a month or two months or whatever. And whenever she shows me, it's always way too little calories. And the, none of them have ever been successful. If anything, you, you know, it, it comes out worse. less yeah. successful than when she started, you know. And it's and it takes like an emotional kind of thing toll. to toll yeah to to go through something like that and then if it didn't even you know have long lasting effects and right. that can be it's um, awful. demoralizing it's and, awful. and that and that's the same with running as well like people um, you know kind of see running as this like oh I just need to you know flog myself running and that will kind of be the answer but unless you can build running to a, a place where as I said before like with the <laughs> the sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad like you've got to build up to the level where you can make it a, an enjoyable part of your lifestyle to keep it maintainable because if you're just going to use it as a like quick fix beat yourself up then as we've talked about so much before with 
what are the most common causes of injury it's these big fluctuations in what you're doing so yeah. ideally you want to kind of build up like start we'll go through this later in the week but like how to how to start a running program but like start smaller than you think and then build it to a level where it's maintainable not killing you week by week yeah and adding variety in there is, is really important and, and one thing that i just love about running and i'm very fortunate living where i live i live right on um north head at, at manly which is a, a beautiful um beach suburb uh, yeah beach suburb Wales. which then has like a national park that runs around some cliffs and so find like that's one of the things i love about running is it can unlock sort of ex like experiencing your environment yep. in a way that you otherwise kind of don't get around to so if you can kind of tie in all these aspects of, of, of like you know slowly building it up so it's manageable but also finding like the joy in you know getting to know your your space like yeah. i think that it just becomes such a powerful and wonderful thing to do but yeah if yeah, yeah. for sure for 100%. sure uh, that's it is one of the best things about running you get to go oh, you know i'm going to go down past this part and for me in the very rare occasions that i do run i, I do go places where i wouldn't normally go so <laughs> it's good yeah. you know looking at how little time we've got left on the show we haven't even touched on how to create a balanced training split to lose fat and maintain your muscle maybe we should do tomorrow's show on that because i, I feel like especially with phil i think that that is a show in itself well you know? tomorrow is about start we, okay i'll just frame it up for you guys so you know what you're in for this week tomorrow we're going to talk about beginner uh programming for running we're going to talk about the e critical preparation and conditioning phase and how to prepare your body so that you avoid injuries thursday we're going to go a bit deeper into more advanced training yeah, techniques for those people who are ready for in, um, intervals sprints Hill and climbs, we'll stair that, climbs, and things like yeah. that, and we'll Sweet. and we'll really talk about the best program split on Thursday, and then Friday we're going to bring this in for a landing, talking about how to avoid the dreaded runner's knee, which is a very common injury problem, pain in the uh, in the uh, patella tendon or in a, in and around the um usually it's usually somewhere around the kneecap, front of your knee-ish, funny knee, -ish. Front, front of, of your knee, -ish. front of your knee-ish, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And it's very, very common. And, you know, um, what Clay has said here uh, in the comments, he said, no, he hasn't, um, referring to the question of the day, but he typically, my goal is to build muscle first. And, you know, this is one of the key things, I think, for most of you who are just starting out, you may be deciding, okay, it's spring, just like me, wow, I want to get out and lose a little bit of weight and uh, I'm going to add some running to my training program. The key word there is add some running to my training program. I'm doing all the other things that are really, really important to maintain my muscle tissue, to make sure that my glutes, my ankles and my knees are really nice and strong, to make sure that I'm nice and upright and my running form is really good. You know, I know all of these things already and now my thing is just managing the amount of volume, managing load, not getting too excited like Phil referred to before and making sure that I start small, much smaller than I'm used to or that my ego would like me to do. And for me, that literally is you know, five to 10 minutes of running and, and I'm slowly going to build that up to 15 minutes and then slowly build that up to half an hour and then slowly build that up to maybe an hour uh, and only do it every other day or every three days as opposed to every day, which is what I want when my brain tells me I want to do to give myself sufficient recovery between bouts or, or of stimulus of, of running, you know, and that's yeah. super important. And we're going to talk about that more tomorrow. Scott is saying my partner really struggles to lose weight by only reducing calories by reducing by 500 kg. Uh, do you intend to say by KJ. reducing by 500 kilojoules? Because if you are, that's actually only about 110 calories. Um, Scott, I just, can you clarify if that's what you mean to say? Because 500 kilojoules is not enough 
of a calorie reduction to start with. The only way she can lose weight is by doing the 5-2 diet. Yeah, look, that diet has had a lot of success for a lot of people around the, the world. The problem, the problem with the 5-2 diet, Scott, is uh, that it, it doesn't tend to encourage resistance training. And that is, a key, that is a key um, critical factor in a good weight loss program. Because remember, you're trying to stimulate metabolic function. And the way you do that is to stimulate muscle tissue. So you, you need to, she needs to be focusing on getting stronger. Um, and, and with that, her metabolism's going to sort of um, uh, work really, really um, function properly and, and sort of healthy. Because if you're just trying to lose weight without that metabolism, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't think it works, mate. Well, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, I don't think it's that you don't think it works. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no long-term study that's ever shown that any diet has ever maintained fat loss in anyone for more than three years without it bouncing back when it hasn't been combined with exercise as well. No, there's not many. Yeah, there's not many. I, well, I remember when we learned it from Tony, he was saying that there's none. And then when you say that no longer than three years, like 90% of people, it's yeah. less than 12 months. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a tiny percentage of people that make it to the three year mark before they start bouncing back. Yeah. So you have to do it with exercise, you have to. And that's what we're gonna be talking about for the rest of this week. And we're gonna be talking about yeah, how we incorporate running cool. into that. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. It's got a lot of viewers today. It looks like this is a hot topic. So make sure you tune in. I told in. people like running. <laughs> this week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's fat loss. Uh, I like it. It's really good. Yeah, look, get your questions in, guys, because we're going to go deeper on this this week. Anyone who has any questions about running, running programming, injury management, um, pain they're experiencing when they run, yeah, all Clay's of that stuff. Yeah, just said he's, he ran a gravel path two years ago. It seriously messed the knees up. Now he's too paranoid to run, so... Yeah, we'll definitely be yeah, giving you. Let's a talk about that. And hey, maybe because we miss Physio Monday this week, maybe we can do a Physio Monday specific to running next week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe I could Ooh. see if I could get a special guest. Oh. I'll look into oh, it. Stop yeah. it. Stop special it. guests. Look, yeah. yeah. We'll see. All right. No promises. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> we will. Oh, you know what? I've got one more question of the day for you. Tell us in the UMS Movement Mastermind no. what <laughs> YouTube videos you want us to make. What do you want to see us make on YouTube? Because I've got the time to start making some more YouTube videos, and I'm about to ask these guys what should we make, but I'd rather ask you. So give me some, uh, give me some input on what YouTube videos, tutorials you'd I'd like to I'd love to see, to see Rad do a running video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you later, we'll see you tomorrow for programming. Bye. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're gonna have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.